98K News. It's one o'clock. I'm Vicky Wong. The headlines. The M Plus Museum has opened its doors to the public with over 100 people seeing its art collections for the first time. Its director says the curatorial team has included major works by contemporary Chinese artists. And an expert on medical ethics says Hong Kong should look at how France and Israel uses vaccine passports to manage the pandemic. Hong Kong people are getting their first look today at one of the cornerstones of the West Kowloon Cultural District after the M Plus Museum opened its doors to the public for the first time. Art critic John Batten welcomed the opening, saying that the SAR has lacked a serious platform to display contemporary art. He hopes M Plus will fill that gap. The design collection and the, um, the focus on contemporary Chinese art will be, will be very significant. But it also has a, a very special place in the local art scene because we've lacked um, uh, very serious museums to show contemporary art. And the Hong Kong Museum of Art is basically a, has a very good collection of, of traditional Chinese art. But it, it's always struggled to, to curate good shows of contemporary art. More than 100 people were among the first to see the art collections at M+. They told RTHK why they queued early and what they wanted to see. I really like contemporary expressionism installations and hopefully they'll have performance art at some day because I'm really quite keen on performance art. But I've got an open mind about what I'm going to see actually. I really don't have much expectation. I know it's going to be good. I think it will be something really nice. I visited the Louvre and also the New York Museum, and I think this one could be something comparable. Because it's the, the first international mega art center here, so I want to come to here, and I want to see um, Iwi's uh, art. I think it will be a very unforgettable experience. A lot of museums has a long history like 20 years or 30 years but this is a brand new one right it will be a new event in the cultural area you know a few curators and staff of the art hub burst into tears when the first visitors entered the museum veronica castillo is the deputy director for collection and exhibition i came nine years ago in 2012 so i've just been part of it from the start and it's very emotional to see the doors opening for the Hong Kong public. Very emotional. So, you know, it's been a big effort to bring this to Hong Kong. So I feel proud of it and I feel very happy that people can come through the doors and enjoy it. It's, I think no one understands what's happening here until they come in. They're going to be fascinated about it. The M Plus director, Sahanya Raphael, says she's not worried that a few visitors were disappointed that they didn't get to see some controversial art pieces, like Ai Weiwei's middle finger photo collection. She said the curatorial team has included major works by contemporary Chinese artists. We have curated exactly what we wanted to show, and you can see it upstairs, including major works by Weiwei, major works by Zhang Jiaogang, major works by Liu Wei, as it should be. This is a historic um, story and it is something you will never see anywhere else in the world. Actually, all of those exhibitions, whether you go to Hong Kong, here and beyond, the Gormley, these are, ex these are exhibitions and artworks. You have to come here to Hong Kong to see, to understand, to enjoy. 
An expert on medical ethics says Hong Kong should consider introducing vaccine passports, saying it would be vital for the city to reopen to the rest of the world amid the pandemic. University of Hong Kong Associate Professor of Law Calvin Ho, who is also a member of the World Health Organization's Ethics and Governance Working Group, said it's very unlikely that COVID-19 will disappear the way SARS did in 2003. He said that's why the zero-case strategy cannot be maintained forever. The scholar said Hong Kong can make reference to Israel and France's use of vaccine passports to manage the pandemic. Their objective is to live with the virus. That's why they've been encouraging their people to get jabs. Israel has a rather high vaccination rate. We also have to aim for that goal. The world is starting to reopen. It can't remain closed indefinitely. If the rest of the world is thinking in that direction, Hong Kong should start considering it too. A top Chinese Communist Party researcher says President Xi Jinping's leadership has been vital for the country. Jiang Jinchuan, director of the Policy Research Office of the party's Central Committee, made the comment at a press conference explaining the party's sixth plenary session. He says it would be hard to achieve anything without Mr Xi's leadership, as China is such a massive country and the party has nearly 100 million members. Mr Jiang spoke through an interpreter. To establish General Secretary Xi's core position on the Party Central Committee and in the party as a whole is the call of the times, the choice of history and the aspiration of the people. By firmly supporting and upholding General Secretary Xi's core position, the whole party will have an anchor, the entire Chinese people will have a backbone, and the giant vessel of China's rejuvenation will have a steady hand on the tiller. The UN Secretary-General, Antonio Guterres, has warned climate negotiators in Glasgow to pick up the pace. They're trying to reach a meaningful deal before the end of the COP26 summit today. Mr Guterres said governments weren't currently on track to take the steps needed to limit global warming to 1.5 Celsius. The announcements here in Glasgow are encouraging, but they are far from enough. The emissions gap remains a devastating threat. The finance and adaptation gap represent a glaring injustice for the developing world. A SpaceX capsule carrying four astronauts has docked at the International Space Station, their new home until spring. It took 21 hours for the flight from NASA's Kennedy Space Center to the glittering outpost. The one German and three US astronauts said it was an emotional moment when they first spotted the space station some 30 kilometers away. A pretty glorious sight, according to Rahachari, the commander of the Dragon capsule. It, uh, it was great to get to work on the vehicle. I think we all loved the ride up there. Uh, it was way smoother than we could have imagined, and uh, that feeling going from Miko to the second stage was just awesome uh, and a beautiful ride. Members of the United Nations Security Council have held urgent talks on the escalating migrant crisis on the Poland-Belarus border. Groups of migrants again tried to push into Poland from neighbouring Belarus, Polish authorities said. The UN condemned Belarus for using migrants to destabilise neighbouring countries. Sven Jürgensen is the permanent representative of Estonia to the UN. We, the current European Union members of the Security Council, Estonia, France and Ireland, Joined today by the Security Council members Norway, the United Kingdom and the United States, and the incoming Security Council member Albania, condemn the orchestrated instrumentalization of human beings whose lives and well-being have been put in danger for political purposes by Belarus, 
with the objective of destabilizing neighboring countries and the European Union's external border and diverting attention away from its own increasing human rights violations. The man who led a coup in Sudan last month has appointed himself head of a new transitional ruling council. General Abdel Fattah al-Burhan hasn't included any members of the civilian coalition, which shared power with the military after the overthrow of President Omar al-Bashir. The UN spokesman is Stefan Dujaric. We're obviously taking a look uh, at these developments. I would say they're very concerning. We want to see a return to the transition as quickly as possible. We want to see the release from house arrest of Prime Minister Hamdok, as well as all other politicians and leaders that have been detained. A mineral that scientists had assumed must exist based on laboratory experiments has been found inside a diamond in Botswana. The mineral should shed light on what happens deep below the surface of the earth. The BBC's Jessica McCallan takes up the story. Geologists had long believed that between 5 and 7% of the Earth's lower mantle must be made of a particular mineral. The problem was that they hadn't been able to find it. Minerals that form hundreds, if not thousands of kilometres down, often change their crystal structure as they emerge. The newly discovered Dave Moite, however, was found trapped inside a diamond that formed at depths of more than 660 kilometres. That helped to preserve it in its original form as it made its way to the Earth's surface. It would seem that, at least in this case, diamonds are a geologist's best friend. In financial news, tech giant Alibaba says its Singles Day shopping bonanza, which ended yesterday, recorded more than 84.5 billion US dollars in orders this year. Todd Harding reports. The figure following the 11-day shopping spree marked a 14% jump in sales from a year ago. The event was the biggest shopping festival in the world, but it came as the mainland experienced slowing retail sales amid supply shortages and power disruptions. Promotions for the festival were visibly more toned down this year as Beijing highlighted its goal of common prosperity and following ongoing regulatory scrutiny on the tech industry. The value of the orders also surprised analysts who had expected only a minor increase. A short time ago, the Hang Seng Index was at 25,293. That's 45 points up on the previous close. Turnover stands at $78 billion. In currencies, the US dollar is trading at 114.22 yen. The euro is standing at 1 US dollar and 14 cents. And the pound is worth 10 Hong Kong dollars and 40 cents. To sports, and we start with football's World Cup qualifying, where the national team failed to gain ground in their quest to reach the next year's tournament in Qatar. Their latest match in Group B ended in a one-all draw against Oman. China enjoyed a half-time lead before conceding a 75th-minute equaliser. The result leaves them second from bottom after five games. They're six points outside the top two spots for direct qualification. The leaders, Saudi Arabia and Australia, played to a goalless draw. The Saudis lost their perfect record but remain three points ahead of Australia. Japan climbed above Oman and into third after beating Vietnam 1-0. In Group A, the leaders Iran got past Lebanon 2-1. South Korea remained two points back after a 1-0 win over the United Arab Emirates. In European qualifying, Portugal were held to a goalless draw by the Republic of Ireland, while Germany and Croatia both enjoyed lopsided wins. Details from the BBC's Andy Barwell. 
Despite Cristiano Ronaldo playing, Portugal suffered a first goalless draw in 36 World Cup qualifying matches, including playoffs. They drew 0-0 away to the Republic of Ireland, though they had Pepe sent off. Portugal and Serbia are level on points at the top of European Group A. Those two nations face each other on Sunday. In Group B, Sweden were stunned 2-0 away by Georgia. Spain took advantage and went top of the table, 1-0 winners in Greece. Russia and Croatia remain top if, if uh, Group H. Russia with a two-point advantage. They had a 6-0 win over Cyprus. Croatia defeated Malta 7-1 away. Already qualified, Germany hammered Liechtenstein nine goals to nil in Group J. North Macedonia were 5-0 winners in Armenia. Romania, Iceland was goalless. Lucas Paqueta's instinctive strike has given Brazil a 1-0 World Cup qualifying win over Colombia to book their place at Qatar 2022. The five-time world champions joined the hosts and Europeans Germany and Denmark as early qualifiers for next year's finals. There'll be a new name on men's T20 World Cup cricket trophy as Australia made it through to face New Zealand in Sunday's final. While Australia got there as they successfully chased down a target of 177 to beat Pakistan by five wickets in the second semi-final, Matthew Wade finished it off by hitting three successive sixes. I'm just happy I could contribute. Um, I was out of the team two or three years ago and I managed to get an opportunity you know, 20 games ago and start keeping again and um, just happy um, I repaid the faith a little bit. Meanwhile, the chief executive of Yorkshire County Cricket Club, Mark Arthur, has become the latest senior figure to resign after they failed to deal with the racism experienced by the player Azim Rafiq, who says uncomfortable truths are hard to accept. Rafiq has gone onto social media again after England test skipper Joe Root claimed he'd seen no racism at the club. The BBC's cricket correspondent is Jonathan Agnew. He's been instrumental in the England team taking the knee, for example, and wearing the T-shirts at the start of the game, standing up against all forms of prejudice. So uh, as England captain, I think he's bound to, to be asked questions about this, particularly with his connections with Yorkshire. Uh, and I've got no reason to suggest that he hasn't been honest about what he has experienced there in his time. Now to the weather forecast, mainly fine and very dry, cloudy periods tonight. The outlook mainly fine and dry during the weekend. The temperature difference between day and night will be relatively large. It will be warm during the day early next week. The temperature now at the observatory is 25 degrees with the relative humidity at 42%. To end the news, the top stories once again. The M Plus Museum has opened its doors to the public with over 100 people seeing its art collections for the first time. Its director says the curatorial team has included major works by contemporary Chinese artists. And an expert on medical ethics says Hong Kong should look at how France and Israel uses vaccine passports to manage the pandemic. The news from RTHK. i
Good afternoon to you and welcome to the 123 show with me, Noreen Mayer, on this Friday afternoon. Friday the 12th of November is today's date. The very last 123 show of the week. Many thanks once again to Phil for the morning brew. On today's program, you can hear a couple of the writers from this year's Hong Kong International Literary Festival. To start the program, we'll be catching up with Florence Ng, who's one of the poets in this year's festival. And we'll be hearing about her online poetry journal, which is called Pause for Pause, and it's dedicated to animals and to her cat. And we'll talk about how poetry can be very healing, uh, a cathartic way uh, to, to, to share our feelings, especially uh, to furry love 
loved ones. And after the two o'clock news, Christy Lai, Radio 3 producer, speaks to Ka Ying Chow about her work and also about independent bookstores here in Hong Kong. And finally, after 2.30, we turn our attention to Operation Santa Claus and we'll be hearing about T.